Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. We are in a series about King David of Israel, and and later on we're going to talk in this series about David and his struggles, but he was also very successful. You can't deny that. And I want to tell you something that's counterintuitive today when it comes to success, but it's, it's just true. Like sometimes the greatest thing that you can do when you're pursuing success, whether it's in school or in a business uh, situation or in a romantic relationship, is to be patient. And that is so difficult. It, it, it's when we try to cut corners that we get ourselves into trouble. It's often when we try to speed things up that we have problems. And and the thing is, there are temptations all around us to do just that. So uh, my my daughter, Bailey, when she was in the sixth grade, she decided that she wanted to run cross uh, cross country for the school. And I was a little surprised, like she hadn't shown a propensity for uh, speed in elementary school, but I was excited for her and I went to her first uh, cross country meet and there are like multiple schools involved. There's parents everywhere. There's kids everywhere racing and the race begins and it's, it's fun, it's exciting. People are cheering and I'm, I'm getting into it and her younger brothers are there watching her and they're getting into it. And they do these, these laps on a course that runs through the woods. And it's maybe, the whole thing together is maybe like one and a half miles long. And to our total surprise, Bailey finishes in sixth place out of dozens and dozens of kids. And I was like, wow, like maybe this girl has got it. And I didn't even realize it. But after the race, instead of being excited, she is upset, like visibly upset. She's crying. And it turns out that she kind of got turned around in the race. And instead of doing four full laps of this course, she only did three. And then she hit the finish line and she was upset because she accidentally like did something wrong. And I was thinking, oh, that makes more sense. And, and then I probably was also like, Bailey, you skipped a lap and you still only came in sixth place. Um, but she cut a corner. She cheated accidentally, but, but she still did that. It didn't do it on purpose. But there were other runners that day who did. They did do it on purpose, which is the temptation that we have all the time to cut corners and to get ahead. But um, what that really does when you cut corners or try to rush things is that it robs you of, of this unique opportunity to achieve something lasting. When, when we do it, it's usually because of one thing, envy. We're envious of someone else who can run faster or has more or has a better looking career or better grades or has the leadership role that, that we want. Did you know that that envy and joy actually have an inverse relationship. When, when our envy goes up, our joy goes down. Envy can derail and, and wreck our lives, which is just what happened to a guy in our story of David named Saul. So Samuel had anointed Saul as king, just as the Lord had commanded, but, but Saul proved untrustworthy. He had disobeyed God's commands. He he acted as a king in his own interests rather than out of what was best for 
the people of Israel. And so God rejects Saul as king. And he tells Samuel to anoint another one. And, and, and God sends Samuel to a man named Jesse. We talked about this a few weeks ago from, from Bethlehem. And, and he says, I'll show you who I want you to anoint as king of Israel when you get there. Jesse had eight sons, seven of them Samuel rejects. The eighth one was tending sheep out in the field. And he brings him in, he anoints David, he's David. And remember, all of this is happening while Saul is still king. And, and, and so David begins to win Saul over. He, he goes and plays the lyre for Saul when he's tormented by an evil spirit. There's, there's this whole thing with David and Goliath, which we talked about uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, David came into public view and became everybody's hero, the guy that everyone talked about. He defeats the giant. He turns the entire Philistine army away. He, they, they plundered their army because of what David did. He showed bravery and integrity and, and faith that Saul never had. And being young and handsome didn't really hurt either. And uh, it says this, it says, after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David and he loved him as himself. And from that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan, Saul's son, took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow and his belt. And Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. And so friends with Jonathan, high rank in the army. And then it, when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, here's what they sang. Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time, Saul kept a close eye on David. That's from 1 Samuel chapter 18. So Saul's faced with some problems and, and, and therefore he has some choices to make. And listen, here is what is so true for you and for me too, especially when things aren't going our way. Opportunities for envy will always be available. They'll always be available. It's like to recap this, and Ethan taught this last week, Saul's son, Jonathan, became best friends with David. That complicated things for Saul. And then on top of that, the, the women of the community come forward and, and they danced and they shared a song that they've been working on and it went like, like this. Saul has killed thousands, David tens of thousands. And Saul's like, Saul's great, but have you seen David? That's what they were saying. And therefore Saul's presented with this huge opportunity for envy. How does this look in, in our Lives. Maybe, maybe it's like this, your friends don't include you in what they're doing and you get envious. You don't, you don't get invited to the party that everybody else does. Or, or, or maybe everyone else's praises are always being sung, but not yours. You don't get recognized or you don't get picked for that team. You're, you're working your tail off and it doesn't get noticed. But, but here again is the truth for us. We have to begin to recognize that every obstacle 
It contains an opportunity. There, there are unique opportunities when things go wrong, aren't there? Like we sometimes say uh, like this, I, I don't know how to share my faith or I don't know how to live it out. Well, when things like this happen, when obstacles happen now, you have a chance to, to do that. How you handle this determines whether you're jealous or grateful. And the reality in our lives is that the antidote to envy is gratefulness. So, so Saul is after David. He decides that David is a, is a threat. And, and even though Saul is still the king, he's envious of David's status with his people. And along the way, David has multiple chances to kill Saul, but he doesn't. In fact, this, this one time, Saul is out with 3,000 of his men. He's looking for David and David's, David's men because David had a group of guys who had started to follow him. And Saul starts to, to, to chase him around. They, they see Saul and his army coming. And so David and his men go way in the back of this cave. They hide out there. And, and, and this is like this story is amazing that it's in the Bible. Saul has to stop and go to the bathroom as his army passes by. He needs a place to go and relieve himself. And so he stops and he walks into the cave by himself, no guard around him. His men are outside. Meanwhile, David and his men are sitting there. And everyone around David begins to say the same thing. See? This is the day that we've been waiting for. This is what we've been praying for. Now is your opportunity. God has delivered Saul into your hands. All you gotta do is kill him and walk out of the cave and all of Saul's men will follow you. The kingdom will be yours. This is the day we've been waiting for. And so David sneaks up on Saul in the cave with a knife in his hands. But instead of killing him, he cuts off a piece of Saul's robe and he, he, he takes it back to his men. And his men are like, what are you doing? And, and, and when Saul leaves the cave, David and his men come out. The, the Bible says it like this, then David went out of the cave and he called out to Saul, my Lord, the King. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. He said to Saul, why do you listen when men say David is bent on harming you? This day, you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord delivered you into my hands in the cave. Some urged me to kill you, but, but I spared you. I said, I will not lay my hand on my Lord because he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, look at this piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off the corner of your robe, but did not kill you. See that there is nothing in my hand to indicate that I'm guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you, but you are hunting me down to take my life. May the Lord judge between you and me. That's from 1 Samuel chapter 24. He's saying, I could have taken your life, but instead I spared you. I had some guys egging me on, but hey, I didn't do it. I got close to you. See, here's a piece of your robe right here, but I didn't do it. Meanwhile, you're like tracking me down. You're hunting me down, trying to kill me. And what we see is that while Saul acts out of jealousy, David acts out of obedience. Saul's threatened by the world around him. David is secure in his relationship with God. Saul he, he, he falls to temptation and takes it into his own hands. David, he resists the urge. Saul builds a, a, a failing kingdom of pride and envy, and David lays the foundation of bold faith and gratefulness 
for his leadership to come. And the result is that this, ultimately, Saul ends up killing himself in a battle later on that he brought onto himself, and David ends up honoring God and inspiring the people around him. The antidote to envy is gratefulness. Psalm 100, which David wrote, says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And then in the New Testament, it says this all over the place, but it says it like this in 1 Thessalonians, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Thankfulness doesn't happen to me. I make thankfulness happen. And there are really like, let me give you three ways to decrease envy and increase your thankfulness. First is this, push other people into the spotlight. Push other people into the spotlight. You ever seen anybody do this? Like I love it when I see leaders push other people into the spotlight while, uh, while they take a backseat. I went um, one time years ago, really, to see the Dave Matthews Band play. Uh, and, and I always think about this in light of what I saw there. There was like this one, one song where the violin player uh, was, was featured in the song. And so Dave Matthews pushed him forward into the spotlight and he, and he disappeared into the shadows while this guy did his thing. Great leaders are people who are willing to push other people into the spotlight. You are where you are. I am where I am because, because you stood, I stood on someone else's shoulders. Uh, I'm where I am because some friends and pastors and leaders and my, my parents all poured themselves into me. Uh, a second thing is this, practice thankfulness daily. If you can't naturally do it, make yourself do it. Thank God regularly for your friends, your, your, your abilities, your, your status, whether you're married or single, your, your current position in life. Practice thankfulness daily. It will be the antidote to envy. And then the third thing is just something to know. It's this. Thankfulness comes from understanding who God is. Like, like, like we ought to be growing more thankful the more we're around Jesus, the more time we spend with him, the more we learn about him. The more thankful the, the, the more we're around people who love God. We ought to be more thankful when we realize that God gives me this day to breathe and live and enjoy life. And, and just understand this, that he created everything out of love for you. When we broke with him, he made a way to find us again. That way was his son, Jesus, who died so that we might live. Therefore, all hope is not lost. Life isn't just about you. You have a future. He saved you. He secured you. He lives in and through you. And he loves you. So let's be grateful for that. Be grateful for that. Knowing this, that the antidote, like, like the thing that's going to keep us away from envy, the thing that's going to protect us from envy in our lives, the antidote to envy really is gratefulness. And we have a lot to be grateful for. Let's pray. God, um, on behalf of my friends who are watching today, I just want to say that uh, we're grateful to you for everything you provide. We're grateful for the day that we have today, the breath that we have to breathe, the, the, the friends, the family that you give us. And, and, and most importantly, um, we're grateful. And God, maybe make us more grateful. Make us grateful uh, for Jesus for what he has done, for who he is, and for uh, the fact that you want to build a bridge back to us and then walk through life with us in relationship with us. What an amazing thing that we don't deserve, but we get to live in. What an incredible opportunity we have to respond 
to life, not with envy, not with jealousy, but with gratefulness to you for everything you're inviting us into. We thank you and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.